Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Receivable Savvy podcast. I'm Ernie Martin, founder and managing director of Receivable Savvy, where we provide research and best practice to help master the order to cash process. Today, we're speaking with Steve Richardson, commercial director and founder or co-founder for Remilia. Uh, what we'll cover today is sort of how Remilia engages uh, its customers and what they see when they talk to customers uh, in the U.S. and in North America, and what are some of the pain points. So, Steve, thanks again for joining us. We, we enjoyed um, your engagement, our engagement uh, the, the, during the first episode. So thanks for, for coming back and joining us again. No problem, Ernie. Good to talk to you again. It was, uh, it was always a pleasure. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so, so let's go ahead and, and, and dive right in and um, tell us, how, how does Romilia engage customers? You, you mentioned on the previous uh, episode, um, your experience when talking to customers is they hear what Romilia offers, and you, you mentioned that they say it's too good to be true. So, so how, how does that work? Yeah, sure. That that that's a problem we face, you know, and, and it's 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 an interesting, uh, sometimes a nice and difficult problem to have. So, you know, when we started the company, um, as we said the last time out, we wanted to be different. We wanted to add value. Too often we were sat on the other side of the fence in our thirty years of uh, having software vendors come in and kind of selling the dream that turns into a little bit of a nightmare. So we started early on with our sort of ethical way of saying, okay, we're going to make it different to organizations. We're going to help them get that return on investment and, and make sure that business case is tight and solid. And um, and as we've started out with that sort of founding principles, um, the way in which we sold the software, it was a risk-free decision, trouble-free decision. We didn't want to go down the, um, and I saw too much of it in the market where vendors were charging extortionate upfront costs with high professional services. And I think the market's moving away from that. We see that in our, our personal lives where we can now download applications very, very quickly. We're very impatient. We want to get quick wins. We don't want to pay a lot of money for it. Right. And if we like think we'll stick with it. And that was kind of what we brought to the party when we started the organization. So we recognized the, the investment we had to make, um, and we did that. And we built two or three really good, what I call, lighthouse customers who we developed our software with, and we, um, we built relationships with these guys. And in turn, they're still with us today, and they're all, still our lighthouse sites. They're still our references. And interestingly, nearly every customer that we, we, we engage with and we implement with becomes a, a reference customer and speaks on our behalf. So that, that's too good to be true. Um, as we enter new markets, we're still faced with that. But hopefully we have a, you know, a huge array of customers across lots of different sectors who, who are getting great value and continued value out, out of what we do, Ernie. So as a SaaS organization, we put ourselves under that pressure where we don't just sell and, and walk away and, and you know, just, just hope we get to the residuals on the, the uh, support and maintenance. We're a, uh, a SaaS model that says every month we have to work and work harder to, to improve the software, to improve the performance. And that, again, is something we into our into our delivery, into our model. It makes it easy for customers to onboard, to upgrade, very transparent in the way the pricing works so they know exactly what they're going to pay. They can generally and we can generally forecast how they're um, the benefits are going to look, and their business case is going to look, and you know the product is, is changing, and, and we offer that as part of our service. We don't come back looking for extortionate fees to to upgrade. It's all part of the price. So it is building that trust, that client relationship, and building long-term engaged relationships 
as a result of that, starting our building sort of cash application model, we're now growing our modular base, and we find those customers are now coming back wanting, you know, wanting our new module. So it's been a real great two-way partnership, and we do get the too good to be true. And the more customers we get behind us, and as the market's changing, as the um, as I said before, as people start to see the art of the possible, um, we're starting to see a change in, in in mindset where people are going, hey. We should really be automating our accounts receivable. And you know, if you've ever seen the movie Groundhog Day, Ernie, that's how I'd like in a lot of the process to be. You know, <laughs> yes, you um, you're forever trying to catch up from the day before, and you know, you get to month end, and then you're trying to catch up for two or three days. And you know, one of our mantras is month end is just another day. Um, and we want, you know, we we always recognise there'll be exceptions. We'll always require people but those people want to be doing the jobs that are a little bit more interesting that add the value rather than doing the the groundhog day processing they want to be doing the jobs that are interesting for for them and for the organization and that's a big change as well so now whilst we're seeing big efficiencies within organizations the people who are left doing those jobs are doing a much more interesting challenging job and one of the big changes we're seeing now and certainly in the states we're seeing is where organizations were moving some of these processes offshore because they were seen as non-value add repetitive processes. We're now starting to see organisations thinking, "Hey, we should be bringing this back in, you know, automating it, but adding really good people and bringing it back into the uh, back into the organisation, getting more control over it." And and that's been a big change as well. And so we're starting to see, you know, accounts receivable as being seen as a real pinnacle of the finance chain. Um, and hopefully, you know, the accounts receivable and credit team getting a, a seat at the board table and, you know, driving the strategy of organizations. So you know, we, see, we see us as a big part of that paradigm shift of bringing the, the credit control into the, into the 21st century, I guess, uh, Ernie. Right, right. And that's potentially huge because, again, you mentioned the, the AR side of the equation, having a seat at the table, um, which, you know, for, for just from my experience and in, in, in what we do with Receivable Savvy is there's a lot of information, a lot of... Um, progress being made on the AP side. Historically, there hasn't been the same amount of progress made on the AR side, and I think a lot of people would attest to that. So so what you're saying is um, this is sort of the advent of a lot of that, um, a lot of that uh, change on the AR side where, where technology is being introduced at a more rapid rate, not, not just with Remilia, admittedly, but with, with Remilia and some other organizations as well. Um, but you, you mentioned something about organizations doing a better job of forecasting. And so I, I know it's important for organizations when they've got customers and they've got receivables um, outstanding and when they're trying to uh, forecast either from a sales perspective uh, or otherwise, you know, it, it's, it's really critically important for them um, as they plan um, their year. Uh, as well as the next year, and taking steps to appropriate steps to make sure that they've got enough income, enough customers, enough prospects, et cetera. Where, where does where does Remilia fit into that whole forecast component? Yeah, and I think this is where we're going. Is we, and I think you know, 
what you're talking about there about AP, and that's, that's I found that quite interesting. Just going back to that point, that you know, uh, accounts payable is all about money going out of the business generally, and accounts receivable is about the money coming in, and and yet accounts payable is quite a mature market from technology and people recognise the investment in that, and yet surely from my point of view, I think accounts receivable is cash coming into you, and that's what you want to protect and and get the best value out of. So hopefully that you know that maturity is coming, and, and as you say. And there are a number of vendors out there starting to uh, to make that change happen, and it only can only be good for uh, businesses. So, as you say, from our point of view, the first sort of thing we did was take out the repetitiveness of a process. So our, our products are all around learning and behaviour. Also, true, you know, we talk about artificial intelligence. We like to think our products use real intelligence. So they're starting to understand how clients behave and generally large organizations because they have large sets of data it's very difficult to and I don't know if this is a term you would use in the US but you know it's very difficult to see the wood for the trees you kind of get lost in that production line processing and right. you don't get insight into your clients so what we've done is we said okay all those repetitive jobs we can automate that, you know, 90, 95% cash can be automated, but actually what comes out of the back of that is a whole new set of information. So you can start to predict when clients are going to pay you. You can start to see changes in patterns and trends. And from that information, you get a much quicker, faster insight into your customers. And you can start to see how they're behaving, how they're performing. And actually, that then sits in your marketing and sales drive. You can start to use that information. If you you know, we were talking to a client last week and they were saying as a result of having software like ours their sales guys are trying to tread new ground and bring in new uh, sales well actually they, they believe they can increase their, their, their revenue by around about 30% by tapping into their existing customer base now why would you not do that the cost of sales low you can predict those customers are going to pay you they pay you on a regular basis they're good payers they're good clients they're buying certain product off you or services off you and so that's where we see the market slightly changing you know actually tapping into that existing customer base and if they're good payers let's let, let's pay more out of that and, and use that better and, and rely on that and, and likewise where customers are um, going the other way and, and they're you know, eroding into your margins, we can provide our clients with information that, hey, this customer's constantly late. They're, 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 the, the cost of collection is outweighing the margin on this particular element of the service or the, the goods you're providing. Do you really want to continue to service them or shall we try and persuade them to pay in a methodology that means you know, we can get a quicker payment off them and um, we don't have to spend the time chasing them. And hey, at the end of the day, maybe if we don't want to service that customer, there's no margin. So it is changing the way in which accounts receivable is seen as the kind of the end of the process doing the collections. To my mind, it's at the front of the process driving the, the sales opportunities. Right, right. And uh, unfortunately, Steve, we're, we're, we're coming down to uh, our uh, the, the end of our time here. But I, I, I do want to ask you one more question and, and everything you, you you've mentioned is is very insightful um but i, I want to take what you were just talking about um in, in terms of sort of what you see changing and what you see the trends are um let's let's look ahead say five years down the road um in in this notion of automating a number of things uh, and bringing things back to uh, onshore, I guess, onshoring things and not necessarily outsourcing or offshoring things anymore because there's there's value in sort of the uh, getting a better handle on some of those operations and doing it with, with a lot of value to, to the client. 
Um, so, so what do you see in terms of uh, trends in the next five years for organizations that have multiple clients that are trying to get a better handle on um, accounts receivable automation, uh, automating cash application, and um, sort of incorporating some of that um, some of that virtual intelligence, so to speak. Um, what, what do you see as, as far as the landscape in the next five years? Yeah, sure. So uh, I, I think the big thing is organizations, and we certainly see it here in Europe, and we're now starting to see it with, with global organizations where they're moving to a concept of, of centers of excellence. Mm-hmm. So you know, where the global process is different or different sectors have different processes, we're certainly bringing a, a, a more of a, a focused single process so customers of ours can start to now understand better what they're dealing with. So they, they're taking back control, which is a, a big word people are using these days, bringing back control into the organization, um, uh, in, ensuring profitability and, 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 you know, the we don't erode profit margin. So to do that, um, we're seeing a change where organizations are recognizing accounts receivable as being a, a critical asset to the business. That may have not been quite seen that way in the past. It was kind of seen as a a debt collection process. Now it's seen as an insight and an intelligent process. So we're starting to see organizations embrace that concept. So bringing technology in that can plow into the customers, quickly get into information they need at hand. So pressing a button and they can forecast with an press of a button. And we can, you know, our, our software allows the client to press one button and be able to see what's plan for the month ahead. And we can forecast very accurately the cash that's going to arrive in the business to the day. Um, and then we can forecast that very highly. That's very, very powerful. You ask um, financial FDs and people like that how, you know, how cash forecasting is done. And it generally is still a, uh, an army of people doing Excel spreadsheets. We're now tapping into the technology that's out there to be able to do one button pressing um, advanced knowledge, advanced insights to clients. So that's a very powerful tool that um, customers are starting to embrace with us, Ernie, certainly. So I see that, you know, customers taking that center of excellence, start that whole people processing of, of, of things that are very simple, moving into technology, intelligent people doing intelligent processes to get the best out of those processes. So a a big change where, and I see this around a lot of the the BPO providers where they were moving their centers around the world for labor arbitrage, Um, you know, we're into the third or fourth generation. And and labor costs are starting to rise all over the world now. And so organizations are starting to say, hey, we've got to change our mind here. And, And technology is bringing that back in. And again, where organizations were outsourcing a lot of that work. They said, hey, we can bring technology in and smart people and control and actually get a better grip on what we've got in our finances. And from that, we're in a much better place to actually grow our business, having that insight knowledge as to who we want to grow and where we want to grow to as well. So I think that's one of the key changes I'm starting to see in the market at the moment, Ernie. Right, right. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Steve, thank you again. That's that's some great insight. And I do appreciate uh, you carving out time again out of your busy schedule um, and, and spending a few moments with us. So, so, and I think our audience will will really appreciate that too and get a lot out of uh, what you shared with us. So, so thanks again. We will certainly have to have you back uh, with us. And um, again, Steve, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. As always, thank you as well. Cheers, Ernie. Thank you very much. Thank you, Steve. And uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us on this uh, podcast. Um, 
Again, Steve's contact information along with Remilia's contact information will be on the webpage where the podcast sits, and you can get in touch with, with Steve or Remilia that way. Uh, thanks again for joining us, and we'll look forward to, uh, to sharing with you next time. Bye-bye.